Good morning, everyone. Hope you're here to, hope you're happy to be in God's house this morning. Boy, we got a good praise team, don't we? Man, they were good, some good music this morning. We just kind of open our hearts and our minds to what God has for us to do. We'll have to tell you a little, um, you know, they, they look really put together up here on Sunday mornings. And everybody's dressed nice and they're just in sync with each other. You should come at 9 o'clock next Sunday morning. That's just not the case. I mean, I had, to stop, I had to really break up a fight this morning. I'm not going to say who, but someone would not sing their line at the right time. Um, this person, I won't call their name, but he doesn't need a comb or a brush when he gets married in, and when he gets ready in the morning. Um, he wasn't singing his line when he was supposed to. Courtney was saying, Steve, it's the third line. And Steve was saying, no, it's not the third line. And it was literally the third line. But anyway, they got it together. So anyway, just I had to, you know, y'all, y'all look at them on Sunday mornings, and I get a different perspective when I'm sitting here at, um, at 9 o'clock watching them practice. But I do love our praise team. They do a... Wonderful, wonderful job. I trust you all had a good weekend um, and week and plus weekend. Um, I was over here yesterday. Um, I was helping Colin uh, do some uh, yard work over at the church. Uh, You know, a little while ago, I gave up uh, that side business and uh, I miss, who likes to cut yards in here? It looks good. Yeah, thank you there. Yeah. Um, I know it's it's weird, but I just love it and I miss it. So I, I came up here yesterday to help him out a little bit, and uh, so uh, we were cutting grass, and I got to the front of the church, and then I noticed Angie and Gary, um, there they are, uh, they were out there doing yard work, and um, so I, I was kind of slowing down to what I was doing, I was watching them a little bit, and Angie had loppers, anybody know what loppers are? Okay, a couple people, she had loppers, and man, she was, looked like she was going to town, Gary was standing behind her, and I don't know if she knows this or not, but he was pretending like he was cracking the whip <laughs> while she was doing yard work. And so I really had to stop my mower. I'm like, I got to watch this. Because as, soon as she, <laughs> because as soon as she turns around, those loppers are going to be doing a little bit more than just chopping some uh, weeds out. But um, anyway, that was, uh, I just kind of thought that was a little funny. Um, but Angie, there you go. That's what he was doing behind your back yesterday. Um, but we all know how that conversation went, right? She, she said, Gary, go get some work clothes. We're going out to do yard work. And Gary followed her out the door, right? So we know how that did. So, But if you have your Bibles today, I hope you brought your Bibles to church. That kind of sounds crazy for someone to stand up in the pulpit to say that. But... Um, I know, I know some don't, and that, that's between you and the Lord. You can answer that. But I hope you bought your Bibles uh, to work. You know, coming to, coming to church without your Bible is sort of like going shopping without your debit card. You know? It's just kind of like, yeah. Somebody said, oh, my. Who said, oh, my? Um, uh, somebody said, oh, my. It's like coming to church without, I mean, going shopping without a debit card. So I encourage you, we encourage our youth to, to bring their Bibles, Sunday school, discipleship training, stuff like that. So the Bible is God's gift to us. And um, so it's his telling, it's his way of telling us his heart. So I hope you brought your Bible. We're going to be in the book of 1 Samuel 
um, this morning, uh, chapter 17, uh, while you're turning there. Mention a debit card. I heard a joke, um, a comedian. Um, I like to try to find Christian comedians, and I, I, I watch them uh, every so often. And uh, this Christian comedian said that his, uh, his wife identity was stolen. And everybody's like, oh, man, you know, I, we've had that happen on occasion where somebody kind of steals your identity, gets into your bank account, and takes some things out. But he said, the person who stole my wife's identity is actually spending less money than my wife, <laughs> so I'm letting it ride, right? <laughs> and boy, that, that hit home to me. I was like, man. People ask us, you know, how do y'all have a good marriage? I said, I like making money, and Angela likes spending it, so we have a... We have an agreement there, so but anyway, all right, first Samuel chapter seventeen, um, like always, brother Kyle, he gave me a little warning about preaching today. He always tells me about a month in advance, a um, month and a half or so if if he knows, I tell him I said brother you you, you got to tell me like the week of because if you're telling me now you and you expect to remember that's just not going to happen. Uh, but he gave me a fair warning. Uh, he reminded me, sent me text. And um, so I started praying, and God just led me to 1 Samuel chapter 17. We're going to look at the, the account of David and Goliath. Um, you're probably uh, looking at your Bible, and yes, there are 58 verses in this chapter. Am I going to preach on all 58? Absolutely not. Um, am I even going to read them? Absolutely not, just for the sake of time. But I will highlight this account. I think it's good to, for us to, to kind of dig in to this account, understand it's very familiar. And a lot of times when we have familiar passages, sometimes we just kind of overlook them. Well, I know what happened there. Um, but man, I'm telling you when, you, when you start digging into God's Word, I don't care if you read something a hundred times over, God will always reveal something to you. He will always reveal something to you. So I pray that that's going to happen uh, today. Uh, so let me just kind of highlight David and Goliath. So the Philistines and Israel were fixing to go to battle. The Philistines were on one side, Israel was on the other, and there was a valley in between. The Philistines had a champion named Goliath. Goliath said for Israel to, to excuse me, choose a man for yourself and let him come down to me. If this man is able to fight me and kill me, then we, the Philistines, will be your servants. But if I, Goliath, prevail against him, then you shall be our servants and you, and you will serve us. When Saul and, and all Israel heard these words of the Philistine, they were dismayed and they were greatly afraid. David was one of the sons of Jesse. His three older brothers followed Saul into battle. Goliath presented himself to Israel for 40 days. Very important. 40 days Goliath presented himself to Israel. David was told by his father to go check on his older brothers while they were waiting for battle. David, while he was there, Here's Goliath running his mouth. Tried to, tried to phrase that any other way, but just couldn't find a way that kind of fit. He heard Goliath running his mouth. David tells Saul that he will go and fight this Philistine. David tells Saul that, that he killed a bear and he killed a lion in the past. 
and he's quite capable to handle this Philistine because he, this Philistine, has defied the armies of the living God. David told Saul that the Lord, listen to this, that the Lord would deliver him from this Philistine. Saul told David to go and may the Lord be with you. Saul tries to suit up David in his armor. If you're familiar with this story or this account, that did not work. So David gets his staff, five smooth stones, and a sling. Goliath sees David and he mocks him, continues to run his mouth. David tells Goliath, I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts and the God of the armies of Israel, whom you defiled. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hands. So David says the battle is the Lord's. David grabs a stone that he has put in his satchel. He puts it in a sling and he slings it striking Goliath on the forehead, and he falls to the earth. You know, there are, so, there are some, uh, some things that we can learn from this account of David and Goliath. It's, it's a very familiar account that's right here in 1 Samuel. Um, I could probably go up to, to Walmart right now and ask 10 people. I, could, I would say, you know, are you a non-believer? Or are you a church? Or... And if, they, if 10 people told me, no, I don't go to church, I don't, I don't really know a whole lot about the Bible, I could probably say, do you know anything about David and Goliath? And probably 10 out of 10 would say, oh, yeah, I've heard that. I've heard that. So it's a very familiar passage. It's a very familiar account. Like I said, even non-believers know about this. This, uh, this account's actually also referred to a lot in our sports world uh, uh, in, in our day and time. You know, we see it all the time. We've seen it in the last couple of weeks. Um, where you have a small school. I, I love college football. Um, I hope you all do too. Um, it's a great way to spend Saturday. Um, but anyway, we, we've seen it in college football here recently, where you have a smaller school going against a, a, a larger school in a sense, and, 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 and the, the sports commentator would say, here, we, we've got a David and Goliath situation, right? Does that make sense? So that they even use that sort of in the sporting world. Um, you know, a couple of weeks ago, um, we had Georgia Southern, we had Marshall and Appalachian State all go against bigger schools, and all three of those smaller schools on that particular day, they beat the bigger school. It was a couple of weeks ago. Um, you may not know this, but I know Georgia Southern was played, they were, they were paid $1.4 million to go up and play Nebraska. So they drove, they, they, they made their way up all the way to Nebraska, got $1.4 million dollars, and then they beat Nebraska on their home court. I mean, on their home field. I think that's pretty cool, right? Um, but anyway, that's kind of the way it goes. So even our sporting world knows about this David and the Goliath. That's very, very familiar. But there's so much we can kind of dig out. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna look at four things real quickly this morning. Just four things. I told you it's gonna be short, sweet, and kind of to the point. Four things that God showed me out of this passage this morning. The first thing, in life, our giants will always be, be, be bigger than us. In life, 
our giants will always be bigger than us. And you may say, well, that's not very good news. That's kind of depressing a little bit. But that's just sort of the way it is. You know, if our giants weren't bigger than us, we wouldn't call them giants, right? We would call them something else. But our giants will always be bigger than who we are. I think if we, if we realize that our giants are bigger than us, I think that puts us in a good place spiritually. Think about it for a second. If we realize that the giants that we're facing, Steve's kind of, he once again, he, he started kind of, I was fixing to stop him, but he started listening to some things just a little bit a while ago. But, you know, we're in a good spot spiritually if we realize that our giants are bigger than we are. So what are some of the giants? I wrote fear. I wrote war, worry. I wrote sickness, death, money problems, marital problems, relationships. You know, I could go on and on and on. And you, if, you're, if you have your pen, you could probably start, well, he didn't mention this, but this is my giant. He didn't mention this one, but this is my giant. So you, you all have your own sort of giants. I gave you some examples, but I know that we all have our own giants that we face in life. If I look at this passage of, of Scripture in 1 Samuel, I realize one thing as God was uh, showing me some things that these giants are bigger than I am. They're bigger than I am. You know, Goliath was bigger than David. I think we can all kind of agree with that. Goliath, you know, he's waiting there, he's running his mouth, he's calling out to Israel, send somebody over, you know. And, and Israel's over there looking, and they're scared. We'll get that a little bit more uh, a little bit later. But Goliath was bigger physically than David. You know, if, if you flip over a chapter, David's referred to as a, a, a ruddy youth and good-looking. In two straight chapters, David is considered good-looking. Um, and I just kind of thought that was interesting. You know, it's like... Is he, is he to the point where I can't mess my hair up, you know, and I, I, I can't mess my clothes up? Um, but that's how they describe David. is just a young man, and he's good-looking. But we know that through Scripture, David, I mean, excuse me, Goliath was much bigger than David. Goliath, listen to this, he was approximately nine feet tall. Man, what I would give to be nine feet tall. I would already be retired from the NBA. He was approximately nine feet tall. His equipment that he wore in battle weighed approximately 125 pounds. And the staff that he carried weighed approximately 15 pounds. This guy was intimidating. He had the whole army of Israel scared to death for 40 days. This man's intimidating. He's much bigger than David. Just like our giants that we face in our lives are bigger than ourselves, Goliath was much bigger than David. We're not talking about someone at equal, you know, wrestling. They, they, they do the same weight, um, stuff like that. No, you, he's not matched with someone that looks like him. Goliath is much bigger than little, young, good-looking David. You know, and if we take that to heart this morning, that the giants that we face, I don't know what giants you're facing right now. I don't know. 
Don't have a clue. You don't know what giants I'm facing as well. We need to pray for each other. But if we understand that our giants are bigger than us, spiritually, we're in a good spot. The second thing that I learned as, we, as I was diving through this passage, that our giants will test our faith. Anybody been there? Our giants will test our faith. Doesn't seem fair. That's just the way it is. I think God uses our giants to sort of see where we are spiritually. But our giants will test our faith. You know, when giants come up in our lives, two things will happen. You're either going to bow down to your giant or you're going to bow down to your God. You ever think of it that way? Not too many options there, right? So when these giants pop up in our lives, we don't understand them. We don't know why they're there. But they will test our faith in a powerful way. But we'll either bow down to our giant or we'll bow down to our God. And I had someone ask me one time, don't have this in my notes, uh, had someone ask me um, this time, like, why do all these things happen to me? Like, why do they always happen to me? And you may question that yourself, but why do I go through this and why do I go through that? Why are all these things happening to me? And I said, what is your prayer life like when you're going through a battle? And they said, oh man, it's strong. I mean, I'm praying, I'm praying. I said, so really... The only time that you really pray is when you're starting to go through some things, right? You know, or is your prayer life the same in good times and bad times? He says, no, 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 no. It's always more so in bad times. And I said, you know what? God earn, he yearns for us to talk to him. And if the only time you're talking to him is when you're going through a bad time, maybe, just maybe, it's him saying, I won't more of your relationship with me, right? So, so, but that's the way we work sometimes, and that's just how we work. But our giants in our lives will definitely test our faith. It's not fun. It's not fun to go through some trying times, but it will test our faith. But we've got to be very careful to understand that we're either going to bow down to it or we're going to bow down to our God. You know, verse 37 in the chapter states that moreover, David said, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. So as our, our faith is being tested and we're going through some, some tough moments in our lives, we, we need to understand that God is going to deliver us through. Will he deliver us one minute into our trial? Or will it be one year into this trial? I don't know. Don't know. You know what I'm saying? But God will deliver us from our trials. That's just who he is. Like I said, may take a minute, may take a week, may take a month, may take a year. I'm not sure. But we know that through our trials, as we're being tested, we have to keep in mind that God will deliver us David says from this Philistine that God would deliver us from our giants. That's just who he is. So, number three, the third thing. Our giant will always be in opposition to.
to our faith. The giants that we face in our lives, the things that we go through, the things that will pop up in our face, it's always in opposition to our faith. We can look at this account. Goliath, over and over and over again, talked about the, the armies of the living God. Didn't like them, wanted to get rid of them. Send somebody over, let's fight. If I win, you're going to be my servant. But, but our giants in life will always be in opposition to our faith. It will war with our faith. War with our faith. So as God is uh, given a backseat to, if we put God in a backseat to our giants, and like I said, we put him there. Earlier I said, it's a good spot spiritually. This is a bad spot spiritually. When we put God in the backseat of our lives, especially when we're going through some times, some troubling times, some giants that we're facing down, if we put God in the backseat, and I'm telling you, I'm telling you over and over, I know this to be a fact. This is the first step that most Christians do. The first step that most Christians take. When something comes up, boom, what we, we forget about God and what? We try to fix everything, right? We try to fix everything. I can handle this, God. I got this. Boom, boom, boom. I can go about my time. I can go about my business. I'll take care of this. And God's like, all right, go ahead. You know, if David would have put on man's armor, he'd been wiped out. You ever think about that? He would have been wiped out. He put that armor on that Saul gave him. He could barely walk. Did y'all catch that? If, if, if you're reading through this, if you remember this account, he put, he put Saul's armor on, you know, he could barely walk. He's like, I can't do this. I can't do this, Saul. And he takes it off. You know, if, if, if we put God in the back seat, when we're going through times of trouble, giants, testing our faith, we're in a bad spot spiritually. Now, earlier I mentioned some things, fear, worry, sickness, death, money problems, marital problems, you know, just on and on and on. When these things come up in our lives, we have to be conscious enough as believers to put God first, put God in his rightful place, to, to put God in positions, all right, God, you handle this one for me. God, this is, this is my giant. You can name it. God, take care of it. Just let me know when you're done. Just take care of it. You know, I started praying this on, on, on my way to work. I, I told the youth this a couple weeks ago. I said, God, handle everything for me today. I didn't quote scripture. I didn't, you know, oh thou. But I, didn't, I just said, God, today, just handle everything for me today. Anything that comes up, God, just handle it. Just handle it. And guess what? Things start to come up. You know, I'm driving to work. My phone's steadily going off. Anybody there? Like people trying to get in touch with you. And, and things come up. But I say, God, just simply just handle everything that comes up. So God, I mean, excuse me, your giants will always be in opposition to um, your faith. The fourth thing that I learned, the fourth thing that I learned, last but certainly not least. Finally, some good news. God is much bigger than our giants that we face in our life. Much bigger. I don't care if the giant in our mind small, medium, large. 
God is bigger than the giants we face in our life. And I'm so, so thankful for that. I am going to read verses 40 through 50 real quick. If you, if you have your Bibles, uh, you can follow along. Then he took the staff in his hand, this is David, and he chose for himself five smooth stones from the brook. I'm not going to tell you why he chose five. You kind of dig a little bit and find that out if you don't know. And put them in a shepherd's bag in a pouch which he had, and his sling was in his hand. And he drew near the Philistine. So the Philistine came and began drawing near to David. And the man bore the shield and went before him. And when the Philistine looked about and saw David, he disdained him, for he was only a youth, ruddy, ruddy, and and good-looking. So the Philistine said to David, Am I a dog that you come with me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed, look at that, he cursed David by his gods. And the Philistine said to David, Come to me. And I would give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. And keep in mind that Goliath has been running his mouth for 40 days and all Israel could do was stand there and be afraid. Then David said to the Philistine, You come to me with a sword, with a spear, and a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord Jesus of hosts. Excuse me, the Lord of hosts the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defiled. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you, and I will take your head from you. David's pretty, he's pretty bold here. He's he's looking, we already already discussed what what Goliath looks like, right? We already know that. He's, He's intimidating. He's mean. He has been a warrior since he was a youth, the Bible says. This dude knew exactly how to fight. And David looked at him and said, I will strike you and I will take your head from you. I always like to wonder what the Israelites, I mean, the Israel's army was thinking about right then. They're like, are you kidding me? This young kid comes up and all he has is a couple, a few stones and a sling and he just mouthed off back to Goliath and said, I'm going to take you today, and I'm going to take your head when it's all said and done. And this day I will give the carcasses of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know, listen to this, may know that there is a God in Israel. See, sometimes when we fight our giants, there's a bigger picture, bigger picture. That God is, he's penciling out. We may think we're just fighting one simple thing. But you never know who's watching you going through your trial. God always has a bigger picture when things like this come up. And that's what David said. He said that all the earth may know that there is a God, big G, in Israel. Then all the assemblies shall know that the Lord does not save with sword and spear. For the battle is the Lord's. I think we just sung that, didn't we? The battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. So it was when the Philistine arose and came and drew near to meet David. I love this. This is in 48, if you're not following along. Listen to this. That David 
hurried and ran toward the army to meet the Philistine. You think David was ready? You think David knew his God? You think he knew that God was quite able to take care of this giant named Goliath? He didn't wait till the fight to come to him. When it was time, you know, I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm sort of just guessing that God said, okay, it's time. Let's go. Let's go. David said, all right. David runs toward the armies, the armies of the Philistine. He runs toward Goliath. Then David put his hand in his bag and he took out a stone. You know, Sometimes when people are hunting, and I don't hunt a lot. I used to hunt a lot, uh, but not any. I don't, I don't do that often. Um, but, you know, you, sometimes, uh, you know, if, if you're shooting something that's single shot, you always got that, that next uh, bullet ready to go, right? Why? Because you're going to miss, right? And, but David, listen to that. He, he took out one stone. Isn't that incredible? And he slung it and he struck the Philistine in his forehead so that the stone sank into the forehead and Goliath, he fell to the face of the earth. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling. I love this. With a sling and a stone and struck the Philistine and then he killed him. If you continue on, you do see that David actually took his head with his own sword and presented it. Um, so Goliath, on this day, with God's help, he takes out a Goliath. Excuse me, David takes out a, Goli- a, 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 a giant named Goliath. And David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone. You know, sometimes in life when we face our own giants, we, we come up with our own envision of how God is going to fix that giant for us, right? Well, God's got to do it this way. He's got to do it this way, or God's got to do it this way. And we sort of come up in our own way, and we sort of pray that sometimes to God, like, okay, God, this is how you solve my problem. You need to do this, 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 and this, right? I don't think David ever imagined that God would do something like this with a sling and a stone. But God, David found out that day, All of Israel found that that day. And guess who else found out about this day? Because it is in our word that God has given to us that God is much bigger than the giants that we face. Much bigger. And that's good news. That's good news. Because guess what? Tomorrow, most of us are probably going to face a giant. Tuesday, guess what? We're probably going to face another giant. And on and on and on. But if we realize that God is much bigger than the giants that we face. So in closing, what giants in your life has consumed you to where you have taken your eyes off the Lord? You know, you, you, you had that, <clears throat> excuse me, you had that giant that's in your life. And I've done this as well, not pointing fingers, I'm pointing fingers at myself as well. Sometimes when things come up in life and it consumes us, man, it just consumes us, right? And we find our, ourselves in a place after it has consumed us that we just say, man, I've taken my eyes off God. 
I've taken my eyes off God's power. I've taken my eyes off the things that I know that are true and let this giant consume me. So what things in your life, your giants, that has consumed you and taken your eyes off God? You know, all the army of Israel was paralyzed with fear. Did y'all get that? They were paralyzed with fear for over 40 days. And the only thing that they could do was be scared. 40 days. The army of Israel stood there paralyzed with fear. David shows up. Check this out. He takes care of Goliath in a matter of minutes. You ever know that? You ever ever thought about that? I don't think this battle took long. David ran to him. And he took care of Goliath in a matter of minutes. You know, sometimes in life we let our, our trials, our giants that come up, not only we let them consume us, but boy, we stay in them much longer than we need to. Amen? We stay in them much, much longer than we really, really need to. An example, the, the army of Israel, man, 40 days Scared to death, paralyzed. David shows up with a stone and a sling. He takes care of Goliath in the matter of minutes. So what giants in your life has consumed you, but also you know you need to stop fighting them and let God take care of it? What giants that are in your life right now that you know, okay, Bill, I need to quit fighting that giant, and I need to let God... Honestly, just take care of it. Just give it to him. You know, only you can answer that question, that you know that the giant has consumed you, you're trying to fight it, but you know you need to stop fighting it and just let God take care of it. I would rather let God take care of my problems than me mess them up over and over and over without anything happening. So, we looked at some giants today. We looked at the, the account of David and Goliath. You know, we realize that our giants are bigger than we are. Our giants will test our faith. Our giants oppose our faith. But we also close with God is bigger than our giants. Amen. Isn't that wonderful news to know that our giants, God is much bigger than them. I mean, God is so much bigger than them. You know, I am, uh, uh, we, we announced that, um, you know, our parents are married uh, 63 years tomorrow. Um, and if you could probably start doing the math, you could probably um, kind of guess mine and Donna's age. Um, Donna probably wouldn't want me to say that, but I'm 54 and she's older than me. Um, but... Um, our parents really had us really late in life. I think they were like 60 before they had, no. But, um, but I'm 54, and, um, but I wish I'd have realized this about 30, 40 years ago. You ever, you, ever, you ever done that to yourself? Like, man, I wish I'd have known that truth a lot longer. Or, or, or I knew it, I just didn't live by it, right? I knew it, but I just, and I wish I would have just, started living like God would have me to live and just let him handle everything. And like I said, I'm 54. and Man, I wish I would have done this so much earlier in life. I think my life would be a lot different. So 
David and Goliath. Don't know what you're facing today, but if y'all just stand with me, we're going to close. We're going to have a hymn of them. We're going to have some music played. Um, if you come on up, Jeff. Um, you know, as I was preaching uh, this morning, if you, if you don't mind, just go ahead and bow your heads, close your eyes in case someone already wants to come up here. Um, but you know, I, I was preaching about giants in our lives. I can, I can say without any shadow of a doubt, I know there's someone in the sound of my voice that's facing a giant right now. Might be a little giant, might be a big giant. But I know someone in the sound of my voice is facing a giant right now. So we're going to open up the altar. God is waiting for you at the altar. If you have a giant that you just want to give over to God, we're going to give you that opportunity today. So as the music's playing, you can just make your way down. That's the, that's the first thing. Secondly, I want to make an invitation to, there may be someone in here that hasn't given their life to Christ yet, and they know it. They're like, man, I am lost as lost as lost could be. And if God is just, just stirring your heart and you'd, you'd like to know more about salvation, you'd like to know more about this God, this Jesus thing, and what he has done for us and done for you, um, if you want to come up and, and accept the Lord this morning, we want to offer that opportunity as well. If you want to talk to me or talk to someone about your salvation. We have some at the altar already. So just make your way down. Just be obedient to God this morning.